0: Welcome to episode number 12 of the Debt-Free Dad podcast. Listen, if you think living debt-free is crazy or maybe living a life without payments is just this wild, crazy idea that you think is impossible, just wait until you hear about what is called the fire movement. These are people who are going to great lengths to reach financial independence and check this out, actually retire early. But how are they doing that and how are they making it happen? We're gonna be talking about it in today's show. Stay tuned.
1: Welcome to the Debt-Free Dad Podcast, where we're helping normal, everyday people learn how to save money and kick debt so they can live a happier and stress-free life. Now here's your host, Debt-Free Dad, Brad Nelson.
0: Hey, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to today's show. You can find me on Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and Instagram. Just search Brad Nelson Deffrey Dad, and we would love to connect with you. So, guys, today is officially St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day.
2: Happy St. Patrick's Day to you, too.
0: Where's your beer? Where's your green beer?
2: Um, where's yours? Mine right. wouldn't match my pink wall.
0: <laughs> Crazy enough, it's actually a month before St. Patrick's Day when we're recording this. So there right. is actually no green beer available at this time. But we want to wish all of you a happy St. Patrick's Day. Are you guys doing anything to celebrate St. Patrick's Day? Do you guys get into the whole St. Patrick's Day thing up in Canada?
2: I'm Well, it's here, but I've never gotten into it, no.
0: No. Yeah, us neither. I mean, when I was in my 20s, I did, obviously, when I didn't have any kids and... I could go raise some hell in a bar. And
2: <laughs> I mean, if I happen to be in a bar and they offer me green beer, I wouldn't turn it away. Well, right, right. Right,
0: yeah. Right, but you don't go out of your way to make huge St. Patrick's Day plans. It's amazing. Like, if you watch the news on St. Patrick's Day, I, 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 couldn't, I, I was never one of these people. I would go out on St. Patrick's Day, but there's people who start, like, going out to the bars on St. Patrick's Day, like, at 6 in the
1: morning. That's crazy. Yeah, like 7 p.m. is my bedtime now for a bar. So <laughs> 8 p.m. is stretching it. Oh, uh, yeah, I hear you.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, usually about 7, 8 o'clock, I'm like, okay, when's the bedtime? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, so check this out. Have you guys, when we introduced the show today, we talked about this thing called the FIRE Movement. Have you guys ever heard about this acronym or this thing called the FIRE
1: Movement before?
2: Uh, I heard about it from you the very first time, so that was the first time I ever heard about it. it was a few, I guess, a few months ago, I guess.
1: Yeah, I ha- I mean, I have heard about it, but I was pretty excited about this episode. Um, I mean, there's a lot, me read a ton about it. You know, I've seen a ton of, you know, things on the internet about it. Everybody has an opinion about it, but I'm pretty excited to hear from someone who's actually doing it, try to get some understanding of it a little mo- bit more. Yeah. Um, some, some people that I've, seen do it. um, I think they're, you know, from what I've seen is there's this retirement idea. And I think it's maybe from the older generation. It's people think that it's about maybe sitting on a beach and maybe it is to some people, I don't know, but I think some people retirement is maybe you're still working, but you're working and doing things you love doing and not necessarily working the nine to five to, to eventually retire. Yeah. So I'm kind of interested to see some of that perspective.
0: Yeah. That's, that's really what it's about. And a lot of people get that kind of confused is that when they say retire early, like you're done working, it's like, well, not really. You just kind of go after more things that you're passionate about, but you're financially independent and meaning that you're not necessarily depending on your income any longer. So you have the freedom and flexibility to go out and do whatever it is that you want to do. But yeah, rotting away on your couch isn't really what a lot of them have as their goal. There's no question about it. But I was introduced to the FIRE movement uh, at a conference called FinCon back in 2017. and, And like Ryan and Amber, I kind of heard of it before, but never really had talked to anybody who was actually doing it. And uh, I got to say, if, if you think debt freedom or living a life without payments is crazy, this is like really intense kind of stuff. Like, this is pretty interesting. And you might be wondering, well, why would we bring this topic up? And the reason why I want to bring it up is because it's another example of that you don't really have to follow the status quo and this paycheck to paycheck life that 78% of the population is living. And again, it's proof that at the end of the day, being broke for most people is a choice. You are choosing that life and you don't have to choose that way. And there are people out there doing some really crazy kind of radical like different things with their money, and a lot of them are getting some really great massive results. So what I wanted to do for today's show is I wanted to bring on somebody to talk to you guys a little bit about this FIRE movement and how it kind of plays along with what we're talking about here on the Debt Free Dad podcast in living a life without payments, living a happier and stress-free lives. So I brought on Brad to talk a little bit more about our show. Brad Long is a financial coach who I connected with a little over a year ago and he puts out some really fantastic content to help people reach financial freedom, very similar to what we're kind of doing here with this podcast. And uh, Brad is affectionately referred to by some of his students as the short guy with glasses that likes to tell people what to do with his money. He loves reading, mostly nerdy, nonfiction books about finance. He loves writing, making and watching videos and long walks along the beach. After Brad lived in Germany for two years in the early 1990s, he got an incurable bug to travel the world. He's been to 21 countries, him and his wife and they just want to keep that momentum moving forward, and they want to travel to over 100 countries in the next five years. That's pretty remarkable. That's their goal. He says it's ambitious, but heck, why not, right? Hey, Brad, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? I am
3: doing great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Absolutely. You know, you are our first... Official guest on the Debt Free Dad podcast. No pressure, man. <laughs>
3: no, no, no. I, 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 I'm flattered. I'm honored. It's
0: yeah, great. yeah. It's awesome to have you on. Can you share a little bit with the audience about what your background is with money? Because I, I think it's important to kind of set that, 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 background story to this because a lot of people make the assumption like with like with me or as you know, being that I'm debt free, like I've always just done this stuff the right way. And that's like the furthest thing from the truth. Mm, um, oh, yeah. So it, can you share a little bit about your background, your history with money, maybe how you were raised to, to think about money, work with money? Uh, let's kind of start there.
3: Okay, perfect. Well, again, thanks so much for having me. I'm super pumped to be here. Really excited about, you know, what you guys are doing as a, as a platform with the, uh, the podcast and everything. So stoked to be a part of the conversation here. So, right. Um, So a lot of people, I think, you know, from the outside looking in, looking at us being sort of like financial coaches and teaching this stuff now, they would naturally think like, oh, you've, they, these guys have always had it together, you know, (laughs) and that really couldn't be further from the truth. I was definitely not always successful with money. Uh, My story with financial, um, you know, getting out of debt and just kind of getting into this realm started back in 2004. I had left um, a career in corporate sales the first time, you'll see this as a recurring theme throughout my story, um, to be a music contractor and within the first three years of jettisoning my corporate career, I found myself in about $43,000 worth of consumer debt. So I was not at all prepared for, you know, kind of life outside of that, you know, paycheck to paycheck bubble, no matter what the size of the paycheck is. So. I um, I didn't have any budgeting skills I had no emergency fund, I had no savings. I had none of the rudimentary kind of stuff that we now you know teach in place. I was I was an absolute train wreck. So it was it was during this time around 2004 I really hit rock bottom you know financially, emotionally, psychologically, I was living paycheck to paycheck and I had less than a thousand dollars left in my checking account. And I was really, really at the end of my rope. And this was right around the time that someone had turned me on to Dave Ramsey's body of work. And um, you know, a lot of your audience is probably familiar with, with Dave Ramsey. Um, so I kind of, you know, that, that really intersected in my life at the, the perfect time. And so I really latched on to those principles and just went absolutely crazy. I actually went back into corporate sales for a few years kept my music career sort of as a side hustle, although we didn't call it a side hustle back then. We were just working like a straight dog, basically. And so I went maniac on my debt and I was able to get out of it in about two and a half years. And so I, you know, going through that process and just how hard it is, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of your audience is kind of in the throes of this. it's, It's so, I mean, you really have to reach you have to dig down really deep some days to, just to to get out of bed and kind of make things happen. But it it was so worth it to get out on the other side of that. And it really it really kind of helped me discover like, man, I have a I have a real passion for this because I know. And the more you become aware of the statistics, like seventy eight percent of the population lives paycheck to paycheck. Doesn't matter what size the paycheck is. I just, you know, developed a passion for this. And was like, I really want to teach this stuff. So I, I started buying his books and giving them to friends and sitting down with people and helping them do budgets and stuff like that. So that was really how I was able to turn my own personal financial train wreck around. Yeah. Um, again, took about two and a half years.
0: Awesome. Can you, can you go back to, you said it's about $43,000 in consumer debt. Like what, what were you buying? to to add up to $43,000 in debt.
3: Lots of stupid stuff. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. And so that really, it kind of landed in my, I had a home equity line of credit. And so, you know, it would have been easy for me to say back in the day, like, oh, you know, I didn't have credit cards. I had it on a home equity line of credit, which is, you know, basically just a fancy, you know, uh, second mortgage essentially. And it was an interest only loan to boot. So, I mean, it was, and the interest payments were almost $200 a month. So I basically, because I was so ill-prepared for the career change, I had, you know, a pretty large overhead with a condo that I owned in downtown Atlanta, and I had kind of my lifestyle set up around that. It was really a lot of living expenses. I mean, I didn't live super extravagantly, I just didn't really prepare for that transition and having you know, savings set aside and having, um, you know, I guess gigs lined up and and things like that. So a lot of it wound up being, you know, living expenses. And then of course, you know, as a musician, it's like, what's the next shiny thing. And I had, you know, all this, you know, recording gear and I had 13 guitars and, you know, just all this crazy stuff. So uh, that was part of it as well. And then uh, another part of it was uh, another layer of stupidity that I, you know, sort of used my home equity line of credit, I thought to get out of was uh, a a car lease that I had had come to the end to. And so I used part of that, I think it was like $17,000 to, you know, buy out of my lease, which then a year later, the transmission blew up in the car. So it was just layers and layers of layers of stuff that I had to, that I had to undo. And, you know, of course, as, as, you know, financial coaches and, and mentors and stuff, we see this kind of stuff with our students all the time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, it was quite a mess with a lot of layers.
0: You know, you talked about the pain in getting out of debt and how, you know, sometimes it's hard to get out of bed and, and make this thing go. I remember going through this, getting out of debt myself. It just felt like sometimes there would be months that would go by, you know, an emergency would come up and that would set you back. And it just seemed like you were always making no progress. Can you talk about what, what were some of the, can you go back and think about what were some of the hardest things about getting out of debt the most? when it came to uh, your story and your journey?
3: I think that once I, and, and this is something that I've, it's, it's interesting that we're having this conversation because I've started to revisit this with a lot of my students now uh, around what your why is. And, and not only around what your why is, but what are your beliefs around money? And so I think that going through, you know, a lot of Dave Ramsey's material, I was able to start putting some definitions around some things. It was like the, the crazy sort of generally had actual names. And so that, you know, so defining my why and really refining that as I was going through the process, because I knew that it was going to be difficult. I knew that you know, I was working 40, 50 hours a week in my corporate job. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, I was playing a gig out somewhere. And then I was playing all day, someday and one day or on Sundays in a church. And, and so, but at the end of the day, it was really my why. And then really understanding what beliefs I had around money that it's okay. Dave Ramsey was the first person that I heard say, dude, not only do you want to have a $10,000 emergency fund, but you better have at least a $10,000 emergency fund. And then you probably want to have an emergency fund for your emergency fund. And I had just (laughs) never heard, you know what I'm saying? Like I had never heard anyone in our, this hyper consumerist, you know, economy. And I, and I go back, I love to go back to the podcast that you guys did a few weeks ago around the four people to never listen to. And I think you guys did a great job of, uh, you know, talking about, you know, these, these voices in our culture, your friends, your family, your coworkers, social media, um, the, the financial industry, the marketing industrial complex, as I like to call it. So all of those things, once, once I was able to kind of clear away the influences of culture that had really helped to drive me to where I was, that was a game changer for me. Then the, those days that it was really hard and I was really exhausted, they weren't really that hard because I knew, and I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. I heard other people doing this. I knew it was, I knew I could accomplish it. I started making more money. So I was writing, you know, $5,000 checks. And one, my biggest check that I ever wrote was $13,000 to pay off, you know, to help pay off the, the loan. So it, it, it really, I, I think those two things, your why, and then just really examining, like, what do I believe about money? Is it bad to hold on? It is, hold on to it is it unAmerican is it unchristian to hold on to money and and the answer is no but you have to figure out you have to figure out the way that you need to answer that in a way that's gonna make you not be fearful of it anymore
0: yeah yeah absolutely and you're absolutely right I mean we <laughs> we shout from the rooftops about this whole wire purpose type stuff because you're right it's it is going to be the thing that pulls you through those really tough days. To, to make it all worth it. So can you share a little bit and, and maybe share a little bit more of a defined reason on why you chose, what was your why? Like, why did you want to get out of debt? What was the main reasons that you felt it was going to benefit your life the most, you think?
3: Yeah, great question. Um, the, the the biggest reason for me was that I was so sick and tired of just the, the mental anguish of not knowing how I was going to pay my bills every month and I know that there are a lot of people in our culture that have lived their whole lives like that. But for me, it it just pushed me. I I got to a point with that where I I got, I got mad about it. You know, I got really, really angry about it and really intense about it. And so my why was really rooted in that. And then I think, you know, one of the things that I, I kind of, I, I kind of coach my students through is that, you know, that why may change slightly as you're going through the process. It may be like, okay, cool. We've got, you know, Our thousand dollar emergency fund. We're almost paying off our debt. Three to six months of emergencies is probably not that far off. All right, like what? What next? You know, and so, but yeah, the the why was really pain avoidance more more than anything initially.
0: Yeah, yeah, and yeah, financial stress. I mean, according to the American Psychological Association, money and personal finance are some of the leading causes of stress and anxiety among adults in this country. I mean, I can I can totally relate. To that yeah. for sure. So yeah. thanks for sharing yeah. that with me. I think I think that's going to resonate a lot with uh, some of our for some of our listeners here because we talk about it a lot. And, and I think there's not enough people out there who take it seriously enough. You know, when you talk to people, a lot of people want to get out of debt, but that is not a big enough reason. Like you really have to mm-hmm. dig deep and mm-hmm. yeah. and really define, like Brad just kind of shared with us on on what it's going to mean for you, what it's going to mean for your relationship if you're married, what it's going to mean for your family, for your future uh, because it is just critical to your overall success. So, so Brad, share this with me. All right. You said you're, you're in the music industry, you've got instruments and all this stuff. Where in the heck did you come up with this idea of like, I can help people with this stuff and I'm going to be a financial coach.
3: <laughs> you know, I think, uh, I think that, um, as you, and I'm sure that you can, you can relate to this and, and probably a lot of your listeners too, if they're in, in the throes of this process, as you kind of dig into it and you start to you know, organize your finances, get on a budget, you start to eliminate your debt, you start to kind of poke your head around and you start to get your head around some of these statistics like 70. Okay, so let me get this straight. 78% of the population lives paycheck to paycheck, no matter what the paycheck size is. So that means that if that's true, Eight out of 10 people that I come into contact with on a daily basis are having the same kind of issues that I had and probably worse. And so I think that as I went through this process, it was really just kind of a natural it was just kind of a natural outgrowth. I started to, to take, I started to pick up cues, I guess, from people around me, people that I worked with, people in my social network, things that they would say about their financial situation. And, and so I would turn them onto this material. I would turn them onto these principles or at least try to, you know I mean? You, sure. You can lead a horse to water. Yep. <laughs> we, we laugh so we don't cry. Right. right. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, yeah. So I think that, that, it really, and I've always had a natural bent. Yeah, I've, of course, I've, I've been a musician and a sales guy, you know, since I was 15, 16 years old. So uh, the idea of communicating with people and teaching, I mean, I think a natural part of any, you know, really good sales person is that they're, they have the heart of a teacher if they're, you know, good at what they do and they genuinely care about people. So it wasn't that much of a leap, you know, for me. Um, it just, and, and I think the added dimension of, having getting having gotten through that myself was I was just excited to kind of spread that message.
0: Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about that excitement because I think that's for where for me, that's where the passion came to start helping other people. And and some people think I, I just love this subject of money and personal finance and budgets and all that. And it's like, no, actually I mean I'm okay with it. I, I like it. But what I enjoy most is how it changes people's lives once they learn how to manage this thing called money and personal finance. That's what I fell yeah. in love with was how it was going to change your life. And you, you mentioned the word excitement and share a little bit. How has outside of obviously opening your own online business, helping people through this process, same thing like we're talking about here. How did financial independence becoming debt free? How did that start to change your life? Personally, maybe your career. Like, what were some things that you were able to do differently now because you had control of this stuff called money?
3: Yeah, that's that's a great question. And and again, I think it was it was uh, it was incremental. And as I started to, as I was moving through my debt elimination process, as I you know paid down my debt, snowball, and I had my three to six months in place, and then I started to okay, I can do fifteen percent. I then started to understand, I, I kind of got turned on to this um, and I don't remember exactly when it happened, but there's this whole phenomenon called the financial independence retire early movement. And it's amazing because it's really kind of just a continuation of a lot of the stuff that we teach. In other words, like as, as a student, as I learned, you know, how to organize my finances, budget, eliminate debt. I had heard, you know, I think probably one of the first books that I read that was really pre-fire, I guess, as it's defined now, was uh, Thomas Stanley's The Millionaire Next Door. And that, that was really kind of a, a seed planter for me in terms of like, well, wow, okay, so I can start looking past like hand-to-mouth debt, you know, getting out of debt. What's next? It was kind of like the answer to that question. What's next? And so I started having an awareness of this financial independence movement. There was another book that I read probably a couple of years after I went through my debt elimination process called uh, Your Money or Your Life, this book by uh, Vicki Robin and I think Joe Dominguez, I apologize if I'm butchering his name, um, but so, so anyway, you know, coming into an awareness that there's life after debt and that you can take the skills, you can leverage the skills that you've busted your ear into develop all of these years and turn those into a, a tool that can, you know, ultimately free you from a crappy corporate job, for example, which was, you know, <laughs> kind of my motivation. Right. Um, you know, about five years ago, I, uh, I had, you know, made another career transition and I decided, you know, my wife and I decided that I, I want I needed to go back into the corporate world, world for a while. Well, fortunately we were already out of debt and, um, and this was really just a play to, you know, make a bunch of money as quickly as possible over the course of five years. So we had already started looking at elevating our savings rate, uh, not letting lifestyle inflation creep in and, and those kinds of things. So, yeah, so I think the, 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 the thing that really kind of kept me going was finding sort of that next level. Okay, cool. I already, I already know how to do this. How do I tweak this stuff? You know, how do I elevate my savings, right? Without being a miser, you know, I was still, we still want to enjoy life. We still want to go out to eat, you know, a Chick-fil-A once in a while or something like that. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think it was just my discovery that, oh man, this is this whole other thing out here. And it's the next level of aspiration for, for guys like us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So do me a favor, educate our audience on what fire... Is on a basic level. You yes. you mentioned financial independence, retire early. But what does, what does that even mean? And then how would one actually start to like? What are some of the basic principles behind the movement or behind the idea itself?
3: Yeah, great, great question. So, uh, FIRE stands for financial independence, retire early. As if we needed another acronym in our lives.
0: Um, <laughs>
3: but but essentially, it's you know it's it's essentially a continue. The way that I see it, and I think that this is what people as they start to, you know, people that are you know, trying to get out of debt, trying to get their arms around their finances, they have to kind of, you want to make sure that you're not letting, you're not allowing this to derail what you're doing in terms of debt elimination. You need to get the basics down. You need to have the budgeting down, the debt elimination piece down, organizing your finances, all that stuff. So you want to get the basic blocking and tackling done but I think what this does is this gives you an aspirational goal toward, all right, well, I'm I'm doing these things already. And so if I keep doing these things, if I just continue to, you know, lever up my, uh, if, if I just continue to lever up my savings rate and, and some of those kinds of things, then I'm going to be able to you know, retire early at some point. Now I have to, I have to say, so I, I want to back up for a second. You know, I, I pointed to a couple of resources that sort of pushed me in or pulled me in this direction rather. And that was The Millionaire Next Door and Your Money or Your Life. The next level of that was discovering blogs like, I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Mr. Money Mustache. Oh yeah, yep. Uh, okay, The Mad Scientist. Yep. Uh, there's another guy named Root of Good, this guy named Justin Rogg. And then there's another guy that I discovered through the mad scientist named uh, Ed Mills. He's a million-dollar educator. And so what I have found, you know, as a coach is that a lot of my, you know, say, for example, my my client or my students that are, are educators, there might be one of these avatars like Ed Mills, who's the million-dollar educator. I can point them to his blog and say, look, you're already on this path. You know, he and his wife, you know, basically – they don't make hundred thousand dollars a year, but they're almost to a million dollars in net worth. So that's really kind of the overarching the overarching thing that I discovered about the 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 FI movement, which is more commonly called nowadays, I guess. There's a bit of a there's a bit of a feud going on right now between kind of the Dave Ramsey camp, Susie Orman camp, and and the the financial independence movement. And I, I think it's personally, I think it's um, I think it's contrived just to kind of get attention on both sides. Uh, there was a, there was an interview that Paula Pant, who's one of the kind of leaders of the FI movement, she has a podcast called um, Afford Anything. And she had an interview with Susie Orman and Susie Orman just crucified the FI movement. I mean, she just, I mean, and, and so I've, as I've gotten into online business and marketing and things like that, I've, I've begun to understand why personalities like Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman are typically so polarizing because it gives them more attention. It gives them more, uh, eyeballs.
0: But what I try to, (laughs) what I try
3: to, yeah, what I try to share with my students that are just kind of getting, um, an idea of what FI is, is not to pay attention to that. Just keep your eye on the ball and just know that if you get this stuff down, you get your debt eliminated. You can do like Mr. Money Mustache, Mad Scientist, and this guy, Justin Rogg, have done. And within 10 years, a lot of these guys within 10 years saved and invested a million dollars and had over a million dollars in net worth. And then you start to learn about things like the 4% rule, the safe withdrawal rate, and things like that. I'm not going to get into that here, but yeah, that's just yeah. to kind of drop a seed. You know, so that really, uh, you know, so the the five movement really has kind of inspired me to continue working with my students past when they get out of debt and yeah. help them with some again some of those more aspirational goals.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and for our listeners, you know, don't get overwhelmed by this. <laughs> that that's yeah. not the key. I Sorry. think I think the key no, no, not at all. I think I think this is great education because you're right, Brad. I think this is big picture stuff. These are the types of things that you need to think about long term and and you might be wondering, well, how can I increase my savings rate when I'm still struggling on building, say, my first emergency fund? And and the answer is is that you really don't. You do kind of what Brad right. said is is you focus on the basics that we're sharing. Build your first emergency fund, pay down all of your consumer debt, your car payments, and believe it or not, if you add up all of the debt that you have going out or all the payments that you have going out every single month, when you're debt-free, think about being able to pay that to yourself. And now Brad's Mm -hmm. saying increase your savings rate. That's how you do it. You can't do it with a bunch of payments and debt. You can't practice the fire movement. You can't do a lot of the stuff that we're talking about on this show when – you've got a lot of payments and debt that are weighing you down. That's exactly why we want you to get out of debt because once you do, it opens yourself up to a lot more opportunities and being able to do a lot more of the different things that we're introducing to you on the Debt-Free Dad podcast. So, hey, so Brad, so you talk about, uh, you know, increasing your savings rate when you talk about FIRE. I mean, that's obviously a big, huge part of this. When we talk about retiring early, well, the only way you can really retire early is by making sure that you're saving a, a lot of money quickly. Right. Mm -hmm. So can you share a little bit about what your savings rate is and what are some of the steps and things that you guys have taken? Because I I look at the fire movement. I look at some of these savings rates that some of these people are pulling off. Like we're starting to talk about some extreme savings rates yeah, and and it's pretty impressive. Like even for me, I'm like, I don't know how they're like, they're, they're pulling that big of a number. Um, but I could definitely see how going through our budget, we could do it. But what are some things that you've done? Like what's your savings rate? What's some things that you have done to, to make it happen faster for you?
3: Okay. So I went back into the corporate world about 5 years ago. I, th- I think I may have shared that. And so the reason that my wife and I did that. And and so this is some of this is probably going to make me look like I'm total like we're totally crazy. And so I'm not <laughs> saying that this is necessarily what you want to do. I'm not I'm not necessarily advocating this. I'm just sharing like how psyched we got about you know sort of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel once we saw it. So I'm in corporate software sales. We don't have any children. So I want to kind of put some, you know, qualifiers around that. But we have lived on a budget since we've been married for, you know, nine years now and, and a very, very strict budget. And so we started, once we started looking at some of these, you know, like your money or your life or Mr. Money Mustache, some of, some of these people in the financial uh, independence um, uh, space, and they started talking about increasing your savings rate, increasing your savings rate. And we're like, man. And there there are some statistics out there, and this is all also part of the 4% rule, which is a study done by the Trinity study, that the, faster, the higher you can get your savings rate up and the faster you can do it, the fewer your working years. And so what we try to coach our students toward once they've eliminated their debt is to try to get to 50%, which is... Insane, I know. Okay. So like 50%. Okay, so that means you're making you're earning 50% and you're living on 50% of your income and then you're saving and investing the other 50%. But I can tell you that uh I think for most of those five years, we two to three of them, we were close to 70% savings rate. Wow. And then this last year, we were 80% savings rate. Wow. And we were just, we were fanatical about it a little bit, but we still, we just, I mean, part of the process is just learning how to enjoy things that don't cost money and kind of having your eyes on the prize. Now, I will say that because we, you know, really dramatically increased our savings rate for over that course of the five years, We got to a place where we weren't to our five number. There's always a number, but you always start with a number. And usually it's say like, you know, a million five. I can live on 4% of a million five, but we got close enough. We got 60% of the way to our number and I hated my corporate job. I I just am not cut out for that. I hate being told what to do. I hate the politics. I hate all that stuff. We got close enough to that. We felt like, okay, this is a really good time for us to jump off and go full-time into this online business. So the moral of the story there is you can, you know, adhere to the five principles, have your number in place, you go at it, you know, fanatically, but you may get to a point like we did. And like a lot of people do where it's like, you know what? We're close enough that I want to build out the rest of this, doing something that I love. And if you hear the stories, you listen to the stories of like Mr. Money Mustache and the Mad Scientist, a lot of those guys got to their number but then they started killing it after they were fi already because they started an online, you know, platform and started making tons of money doing that. So it's just a really interesting turn and, and an interesting twist in the story. But yeah, savings rate is is really, really important and it's awesome if you can do more sooner.
0: Yeah. But let's let's be real clear with everybody though, Brad, because you didn't start saving out fifty percent. It took you how many years to kind of get to that point, you think?
3: Oh I would say yeah, I was out of debt by 2007 and then I went back into the corporate world around 2015 so it was a slow ramp yeah. to 50% you know I got there to 50% probably by about 2013 2014 awesome and then we just we went buck wild after that
0: so you know a lot of people you know this as much as I do. People are in debt. We we live the same life long time ago. Is you know we 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 live a lifestyle. A lot of us live a lifestyle that we can't afford. When you're living paycheck to paycheck, right? We're uh, we're enjoying a lot more things than we probably should. Can you obviously when you're talking about saving fifty to sixty to seventy percent of your income, you mentioned enjoying more stuff kind of for free and your mindset changes. Was that was that kind of hard? at first to cut out some of those things or, or were you just so bought into this idea that, you know what, I wanted to get out of my job. I wanted to have the opportunity to do some other things that it just didn't matter anymore.
3: Great question. Um, and it's a combination of those things. I think that, you know, what I would encourage your listeners in is that you are in, if you're in the debt elimination process, you're in the process already of jettisoning stuff that you can't afford to impress people that you don't know, perhaps if that's, you know, part of the reason that you're in debt. So you're already in, you've got the training wheels on. And as you perfect that, and as you move forward and and finally cross that finish line, you're already going to have a comfortability with a certain level of scarcity. And then you get to choose how much you want to ratchet that up. And maybe you don't at all. Maybe you love your job. And maybe you see yourself working there till you're the age 65. And, and if that's the case, that's the beauty of this whole thing is this, you can choose your own adventure. But if you are in a place like I was where I'm like, you know, the money is great, man, but I'm going to have a heart attack in five years or less if I stay here, if I keep doing this, you know, um, you know, so I think that if you're, yeah, if you were in the process of eliminating your debt already. You're already tree training your mind in a lot of ways. It's just these little tweaks that you find along the way, but it has to be in accordance with what your end goal is.
0: One of the things I did want to ask you, Brad, is, is you brought up, you know, you brought up a a bunch of these kind of, let's say, um, leaders. Well, I don't even know if we want to use the word leaders, mainstream, uh, personal finance experts, right? And, I'll often get this question. I mean, we have Roots Personal Finance, which is an online membership site. It's an educational program. It's an accountability and support program to help people go through a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. Obviously, there's other programs out there. Dave has one. Susie has Mm -hmm. one. I mean, there's countless Mm -hmm. ones. And I'll get the question, Brad, which one should I take? Or how similar is it to somebody else's? And my answer typically is take all of them. (laughs) Because, Because think about this. If people spent as much money on financial education as they do going uh, out once a month, we wouldn't yeah. have so many brokey broke people out there right now. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. You know, so absolutely. that's the way you
0: got to think about it. a lot of this financial education that's out there. It's, it's very reasonable. It's not expensive. Yes, you have to sacrifice in other areas of your life. But if that small sacrifice turns into a big return on that investment in the long run, do it. Take all of them. Yeah. yeah
3: I I, com- I completely agree. I mean, I think, you know, don't try to do it by yourself because you're going to need community. You're going to need accountability. You're probably going to need a coach, you know, buy a course. And, and, and I have a, a whole blog post about this. Dig in and go deep. Don't ride the surface because what you may find, and I've found this, and I'm sure you have as well, kind of working on you know, building an online business, there may be a resource that you're in right now. And we hear this all the time about Financial Peace University. It's great, but I need a little bit more of this. And so the more, the faster you dig in and the faster you go deep, the more you're going to realize what the limitations of that resource or that personality that you're following right now. And you may need something just for a season to augment what it is that you're learning. Now, I'm not saying that that means the principles are the principles. There may be something that you need that is not in the resource that you have right now.
0: Yeah, you got it. And I I like the fact, you know, you you mentioned you started out with with Dave and then you moved on and now you're following some of these other uh, uh, professionals that are out there working on the FIRE movement. Can you talk a little bit about how that's rounded out, I guess, your financial mindset over the years rather than just focusing on just one person that's teaching you, how that's really helped you develop your own money mindset that's really helped you achieve the dreams that you want to achieve, not say somebody else wants you to achieve, but you personally want to achieve?
3: Wow, that's a really, really great and insightful question. I I think that, you know, what we're trying to do as teachers, because that's essentially what we are, is we're trying to get away from what our culture teaches, particularly the financial culture. Our culture wants to teach us what to think not how to think. Right. And that starts in primary education, elementary school, middle school, high school. And you guys talked about this on the podcast a few weeks ago and I was like, oh man, clap, clap on that one. <laughs> because because any you know you need to understand all sides of the argument. And I think especially as you dive into you know this debt elimination and then on to financial independence, there's a lot of garbage you know advice that the financial independence people are talking about like for for most of my students like i'll just use travel hacking for example a lot of the financial uh, independence community talks about using credit cards and things like that for travel hacking i vehemently disagree with with that because of my exposure to a lot of my student population and myself they can't trust themselves with credit cards So while in reality, some of those strategies might work, I'm just, you know, that's not something that I'm going to sink my teeth into and teach to my audience.
0: I love that. I love that you brought that up because that's exactly why you want to educate yourself with multiple resources that are out there because not every single way works for every single person. You're going to take a little bit from this individual and a little bit from this program and a little bit from that program, put it in because this fits with your goals and things that you want to achieve. And that's how you make progress. Um, mm. and, and I completely agree. I'm, I'm kind of the same way when it comes to the fire movement. I love most of the principles that they teach, but right. when it comes to the credit cards, because for me personally, I didn't behave with credit cards. So right. I will never go back down that road. I don't care how beneficial or what kind of free trip you think I'm going to get out of it. I don't care because right. the, the bites that I got, the scars that I still have, I uh, still have yeah. them, right? I still remember the pain from playing I those credit you. card games, right? So for me... I just don't teach that method because it didn't work for me. But that's not to say that it doesn't work for somebody else that's out there. And that's why I think it's important that you do invest in financial education and you start learning more about this stuff. And I think you're going to find that your bank account's going to grow, your debt is going to start to dwindle, and you're going to find that you're going to have a lot more opportunities in your life to do the things that you want to do. And we see this Absolutely. time and time again. But Brad, let's let's kind of talk. Let's talk about the FIRE movement. Let's talk a little bit about this debt-free lifestyle. Why do you think... Over the years, I mean, I can remember I started this journey 10 years ago, and it has definitely started to gain some major popularity now. I mean, you're hearing about it more often. There's more people starting to do it. Why do you think there is such this push in this and so many people who are just looking for, I need to find a different approach to do this because – what the financial industry is telling me to do and having a good credit score and maintaining Mm -hmm. debt, none of that's working because I'm still broke living paycheck to paycheck. Why why do you think we're seeing that movement? Is it just for that reason?
3: So another great question. I think that, you know, some people, I mean, not a lot of people because still 78% of the population lives paycheck to paycheck. But I think a lot of people are starting to figure out that, you know, there's more to life than this, you know, hyper consumerism. That, that we all are sort of enveloped by. Uh, there's a fantastic um, free documentary on YouTube called "The Overspent American," and it's based on this book from this uh, PhD uh, Juliet Shore. And she talks about how you know, there, and there have been studies done about. And you, and you talked about this in the podcast, and I know I keep going back to that one, but the the chewing gum example yeah. where you talked about, <laughs> yep. you know, as soon as the chewing gum company started marketing. Chewing two pieces, their sales doubled, and it's like, well, what other kind of example do you need of the marketing industrial complex's influence on us as a culture? But I think a lot more people are starting to wake up to that, and I think that it has a lot to do with, like you said, you know, it's kind of an awakening dissatisfaction, and then understanding, you know, that was that certainly was a case for me, understanding that there is another way that there are people kind of standing on the other side of, you know, the debt free of, of the debt ditch saying, Hey, it's awesome over here. And, and this is how you do it. And, and we want you over here with us because, and so I think that there are more voices in, in this space. And I, you know, I know you agree with me. I don't think that's a bad thing. If 80% of the people in the country live paycheck to paycheck, there are, plenty of people to help, plenty of people to go around. And so our our message and our heart as teachers is to get as many people on this side of that moat as possible.
0: So, uh, Brad, I'm going to um, let you have the opportunity to uh, become the teacher here today. So we've got a lot of listeners who are just getting started out. They're building emergency funds. They're paying down debt. Uh, you can remember those days, I know, quite fondly, and obviously you are helping people as well. What would be just some basic advice that you would share with them to help them keep moving forward? We talked about how hard this can be. We talked about how challenging it can be. What would be some things that you would share with them as some motivation and some encouragement to to start doing this stuff and to keep moving forward?
3: Absolutely. Uh, happy to do that. And, and my advice, um, would be to, you know, going back to what we talked about earlier, you know, just really dig into your why, you know, why have you decided to engage in this process? You know, why, what, what has gotten you to this place where you're feeling like, you know, what I'm hopeless or I'm at the end of my rope, or I'm so depressed that I can't get out of bed in the morning, you know, ask, you know, define what that why is. And then ask yourself some tough questions around your just core beliefs around money. You know, what, what, what are you afraid of about money? What, what is, what does um, wealth mean to you? What does financial freedom mean to you? Um, and then, you know, once you kind of figure those things out, the stuff that, that you're teaching them will be, you know, it'll be much easier to digest and implement um, financial organization, budgeting, debt elimination, and ultimately FI are going to come down to you know, the answers to those questions, essentially. I mean, that's really what's gonna pull you through. And we we talked about that. And the second thing is, you know, don't try to do it yourself. Get in community, get a coach, buy a course. It's like you said earlier, Brad, you know, if if debt freedom is as awesome as people like us, people like you and me are propagandizing it is, (laughs) it's worth whatever you have to pay, you know, to get it done. So don't be afraid, you know, dig in, go deep. You might have to, your, your, why is, is, is probably not going to change fundamentally, but the tools that you use to go through the process might, and that's totally okay. And then I think the third thing is, you know, have patience with yourself, cut yourself some slack, but do not quit. You know, there are so many of us out here in this community that are willing to help, you know, you don't have to, um, you know, isolate yourself and, um, and, you know, curl up in a ball and quit. I know it's tempting. I mean, it was tempting for me. I'm sure it was tempting for you too, Brad, but you know, it is worth whatever it is you have to pay blood, sweat, tears, money. It's still worth it on the other side.
0: Yeah. Great stuff, man. Great stuff. So, Hey, how can more people hear about you? You got a great YouTube channel. You got a great blog that you're sharing out there. What are some things that, what are some resources and things that uh, people can connect with you on?
3: Well, I would love to I put together a downloadable PDF of some of these financial independence resources that, that we're talking about today to kind of give to your audience as a primer. And so they can go grab that at uh, www.zerodebtcoach.com forward slash dad.
0: Perfect. Yep. And we'll include that resource in the show notes. So uh, you can just uh, go through the notes. We'll have those links. Also, I'm going to go out there and find that overspent American YouTube link that you refer to, Brad. I'll share that in the show notes as well. Lots more great resources that a lot of you can uh, start looking at here in the show. Brad, my man, great stuff today. Seriously, thanks Thank for sharing you. some wisdom and your experience with all of this stuff and helping people and and really your own journey. And, and by doing so, like you said, uh, our voices are starting to be heard, and those voices are starting to encourage other people to uh, get going. So, uh, yeah. we appreciate you, man. Thanks for being here.
3: Thanks so much for having me. It's been an honor and love what you guys are doing.
0: Hey, hey, what's this? I, see? I thought this was a party. Let's dance! That sound means it's time to do some celebrations of the show. We've got a good amount of celebrations here today. Lots of people working on some different things. We're going to start out with Shannon Liardi in the process of refinancing my 30-year mortgage with 25 years left to a 15-year mortgage and saving a disgusting amount of money and interest long term. And that is a really good move if you're a homeowner uh, you know, maybe you might, may not be able to refinance from a 30 to a 15 right now, but it should be something on your goal board because that can save you a ton of money like Shannon's talking about. So good for them. That's awesome.
2: And we have Juanita Colona. Car paid off. I wanted it done in December, but a thousand dollars in vet bills made it not happen, unfortunately. But this month I was able to go ahead and
0: pay it off early. Heck yeah, that Way is awesome. Nothing drives like a paid for car. <laughs> Let's love that. <laughs>
1: Uh, Gretchen Mag- uh, Magura uh, says it's a big week for me. I filed and paid my taxes of $1,095, paid off my Lowe's account of $553.15 and was able to pay $574.10 cents towards my Home Depot account and was finally able to buy brakes and rotors so I can get my Jeep back on the road and give my poor truck a much needed break. That's awesome. Way to go Gretchen. Yep. She's been working hard. It was a huge, huge month for her. She's, uh,
0: she's been working hard for the last 12 months and has now paid off, uh, along with that great celebration over $15,000 in the last year. So, uh, good for her. That's awesome. Uh, next celebration we have is Lacey Love added $100 to my emergency fund, bringing it to a solid $2,000. Good for you. Uh, I paid off $662 on credit cards this week, another huge win, and also ate at home all week again. Look at that. Three solid huge wins this past week for Lacey. That is fantastic. Congratulations. Hey, do you have a question about your finances? If so, send us an email at brad at therealdebtfreedad.com, and we will do our best to get your question on an upcoming episode of the Debt Free Dad podcast. So today's question, hey guys, I love the idea of having an emergency fund savings. And when I listened to the podcast about emergency funds, it made total sense, but I am having trouble understanding how just $1,000 is all I'm ever going to need. What if I lose my job or get hurt? $1,000 is great, but that's not going to be enough to cover something like that. How much should I realistically save for an emergency fund? So Guys, what do you think? Like, what do you guys practice for you know, your larger emergency fund savings? Like, what do you guys start to feel comfortable with? Because, you know, this person's right. I mean, a thousand dollars is a great starting point, but it's not going to be nearly enough to cover some of the big expenses that can happen in life.
2: Well, I think the the thousand dollars is perfect, like you said to start with, um and awesome for when you're getting out of when you're trying to get out of debt because it just helps. You not rely on credit cards when a hiccup happens during that um, paying off your debt and and that process. But for us, we have um, just over three months and we're working to get to six, but we also are working on other goals, but three to six months for our necessities. So whatever it costs to, you know, if we lost our job tomorrow, we would have enough to pay for our housing, our food, our necessities for the next three to six months.
1: There's two ways that I look at an emergency fund. There was the emergency fund we had when we were getting out of debt. And to me, that was always somewhere between a thousand and two thousand and $2,000. And the reason that it was lower is for the most part, um, most emergencies are not of the, or I lost my job emergency. Yes, those things happen. Um, but you can't, when you're in debt and you're trying to get out, you can't paralyze yourself with what if the absolute worst thing in the world happens to me? Because it will seem insurmountable. Like you can't save $30,000 for the absolute worst thing to happen to you. But you can save a thousand to two thousand, which ninety-five percent of the things that are going to probably going to happen to you. That's what it's going to cover—is most of the things that are going to happen. Um, and then once you are out of debt, then yeah, then we—I would highly recommend a three to six months emergency fund that you are planning for those bigger things to potentially cover you. But when you're trying to get out of debt, a smaller one—it doesn't have to be a thousand. It might be two thousand. It might be three thousand for you. I wouldn't. Rec- I mean, for me if you're having a hard time putting anything in savings, I would have a hard time suggesting that you save a very large amount of money, especially if you're, if your savings account now is zero saving 5,000 or 10,000 might, I mean, I don't know if you're going to be able to do that. I I think you guys both answered it pretty
0: perfectly. (laughs) I don't think I would have changed anything, but just, just so you know, kind of the logistics side of it, figure out what your basic necessities are to live like in one month. Like what do you need? Now we're talking necessities like TV, Satellite TV, like high price, you know, or cell phone packages, things like that. Those aren't necessities. So you really want to break it down. Like what are the basic things that I would need to live month after month if for some reason my income was cut off? Or like you mentioned you got hurt and you couldn't work or whatever it might be. And then you just want to multiply that times by however many months that you feel comfortable with. Like Amber said, they're like right around three months. We're at right around four to five months. Um, You know, some people like to save more. Some people out there recommend even up to a year worth of expenses. So that's up to you on what you feel comfortable with. Now, when it gets closer to a year, I think that's getting a little bit more excessive because I'm kind of a firm believer kind of like what Ryan was saying is that most of the emergencies that you're probably going to experience are, are going to be, like the $250 insurance deductible and, you know, the $700 doctor bill. And it's, it's going to be some of those smaller type things, not like these huge events, but they do happen. So again, you're going to want to decide that. Again, the other thing you want to do is look at your own life. You know, do you have a lot of uncertainties happening? You know, if you're younger in your life, you know, you might be bouncing around from job to job here and there, kind of finding who you want to be or what you want to be. Um, you know, maybe you're not really too stable in your career. So that might change my, that would change my answer. I might want a little bit more of an emergency fund in that type of a situation. If you're someone that's been with a company for years and years and years, and you're in a really stable spot, you know, that might be a little less of an emergency fund. So you really want to kind of evaluate your situation, what types of events you've got going on, where your life is at, but three to six months is generally where you want to be once you've paid off all of your debt outside of your mortgage and your rent. All right, guys, thanks for hanging out with us today. We love your feedback and it also helps us grow our podcast. Please leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts. We read every single one of them. And as you know, the Debt Free Dad podcast is here to help you live a happier and stress-free financial life. And if you know someone who could benefit from our show, please give us a share. We would appreciate that. And we also appreciate you and we'll see you in an upcoming episode.
1: Thanks for listening to the Debt Free Dad podcast. For more free resources to kick debt and financial stress, head over to the realdebtfreedad.com.